At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. You know, the mistakes or the things that we need to correct are, are easy ones. You know, they're... Their turnovers, but I think the, the thing that makes those teams as good as they are is just their ability to, to capitalize on your mistakes. And you make one big one, it ends up in your net, and, and that's the difference. So I think, you know, we've just got to be a little bit better at not, not beating ourselves or giving ourselves a better start. Yeah, too many mistakes last night. Uh, one of them that comes to mind, how about leaving a drop pass for Evgeny Malkin right at the blue line while you're trying to skate six on five? What was that, Chris Letang? Tim Benz with you. It is the Pittsburgh CityCast following a Pittsburgh Penguins loss to the Florida Panthers on Tuesday night at PPG Paints Arena. The first of three tough games in a row for the Pens. If you had that game at minus six and a half, oh well, late goal from the Penguins. Managed to push that one over, but they still don't get the victory. Now the Vegas Golden Knights on Friday and then a game against the Carolina Hurricanes on Sunday afternoon at one o'clock. So with that being said, more difficult times ahead for the Pittsburgh Penguins as this run of games through March all the way through St. Patrick's Day is proving to be just about where I thought it would be. Pretty much uh, 500-ish stretch, maybe a little bit below for the Pens. Still right now, though, sitting at 77 points, tied with the Rangers, six back of Carolina atop the Metro Division standings. Florida leading the Atlantic. By three points on Tampa Bay, those two teams plus 750 to win the Stanley Cup. The Carolina Hurricanes at plus 800 right now. Penguins catching plus 1600 at this point. The team that they play next, the Vegas Golden Knights at plus 1000. They are the third team in the Western Conference behind 
the Colorado Avalanche and the Calgary Flames. The Avs, the overall favorite at plus 400. Flames at plus 900. We'll talk a little hockey and lots of college basketball with Anthony Jaskolski from Pittsburgh Sports Express. Coming up later on in the Pittsburgh City Cast today, Mike Pursuta talking all topics tomorrow, including football. And let's get to some football. What with the odds and how they have shifted after all the quarterback movement from Tuesday, including Russell Wilson going to the Denver Broncos and the odd shift to me, my gosh, you talk about an overcorrection. I think that's the case for the Denver Broncos. Do you like them more? Sure you do, but this is not the time to get them. Wait for things to settle out and wait for the enthusiasm surrounding Russell Wilson going to the Broncos to wane perhaps and other teams have more money coming in on them because all of that news really generated, I think, a false leap up the board for the Broncos. In the AFC West alone, they're now at plus 225 to win the West behind only the Chiefs at minus 106. I don't even know if Russell Wilson's the third best quarterback in that division right now after what I saw last year. He's not better than Herbert. He's not better than Mahomes. He might be still better than Derek Carr, but I'm not sure. Overall in the AFC, and this is where it really smacked me in the face, Buffalo still the favorite at plus 400. The Chiefs at plus 450. Then the Broncos at plus 600 in front of the Bengals even at plus 1,000. Come on. The Bengals are going to get better. They're going to spend, by gosh, odds like that. And I think you're going to see more value go towards Cincinnati. That's becoming a wiser and wiser move right now to get in early on the Bengals if you feel like it in the AFC, I think anyway. And then to win the Super Bowl, the Broncos behind only the Bills, Chiefs, Packers, and Niners at plus 120 in front of the defending champion Rams. Actually dead even with the defending champion Rams right now as I look a little bit further. The Bills at plus 750. But when they lose their backup quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, to the Steelers, that's going to change everything, right? Uh, the Steelers currently sitting at 500-1. to to win the Super Bowl. That's right around where the Broncos were until they got Russell Wilson. The Packers were at minus 167 to win the NFC North. Now they're at minus 200 with the word that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to Pittsburgh or anywhere else, and he's staying, even though his contract is not signed as of yet. Packers at plus 400 now to win the NFC. And then, like I said, plus 900 to win the Super Bowl. That's the result on the odds boards from all the news Tuesday of... Rodgers staying in Green Bay and Russell Wilson going to Denver. We'll talk more about the Steelers tomorrow with Mike Pursuta. I did want to talk, though, before we get to Anthony Jaskulski, who we're going to spend most of our time with today on the CityCast, uh, talking about the conference championships in college basketball and talking a little hockey as well. I, I do have to talk about the Calvin Ridley situation, suspended for a year for gambling on NFL games. Wanted to get to this yesterday. We didn't have a podcast yesterday, so playing a little catch-up here, but it's something I do have to vent about a bit, and I did so in the Pittsburgh Tribune Review as well for my main column on Tuesday at Breakfast with Benz. And I understand that long ago, the National Football League surpassed Major League Baseball as America's favorite pastime, and in part, that's true because another favorite American pastime is gambling on America's favorite pastime of the NFL. Unfortunately, if you are a player in the NFL, you aren't allowed to gamble on the NFL, and that's exactly what Calvin Ridley did, wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. He got caught. Now he's suspended for a full year because of what he did. On Monday, the NFL made that announcement, which inspired an upheaval of another favorite American pastime, and that's blame shifting. 
Even though NFL rules strictly prohibit any player from gambling on NFL games, Ridley did it anyway. But because in recent years, the NFL finally broke down its very thin wall between avoiding gambling and fully embracing the activity, much of America has decided it's the NFL's fault for enforcing its rules rather than Ridley's fault for breaking them. Because that's the state of America in 2022. No one is individually responsible for anything anymore. No one is ever at fault for anything themselves. It's always somebody else's fault. It's the system. It's the construct. It's society at large. Can't anyone ever be guilty of doing something stupid on their own without finding someone else dumber to take the heat? In sports, it's already at a point where it's like an athlete is immune from doing anything wrong. It's Blame the league, blame the commissioner, blame the team, blame the owner, blame the GM, blame the coach. No, not this time. This is on the player. The player screwed up. Calvin Ridley screwed up. Stop trying to find another scapegoat. Seems like a pretty simple concept to me, but that didn't stop Twitter from taking the blame shift shifter and shifting into overdrive. Apparently, Ridley's gambling on football is the league's fault because it should have known better before partnering with gambling outlets like Caesars, Sportsbook, FanDuel, and DraftKings. That's what, like, Rob Parker was trying to get you to believe on his Odd Couple podcast with Chris Broussard. Damian Woody sent out tweets to that effect, the ESPN commentator and former NFL player. Michael Smith was talking about that on his show with Michael Hawley. Sam Monson from PFF, Pro Football Focus. In fact, he put out a tweet saying, NFL and sports betting used to try to keep as much distance between themselves as possible. Now the NFL is in bed with the entire industry, but still is trying to act like it's not. This is a weird new landscape that's far more complicated than it used to be, in my opinion. Nah, it really isn't. It really isn't. It's quite simple, actually. If you're a player in the NFL, you can't bet on the NFL. There, I summed it up in one sentence. That's not hard. Others would have you excuse Ridley's behavior because of other bungled suspensions by the league previously, like Ray Rice or Adrian Peterson or Greg Hardy or Zeke Elliott. And that actually might contradict a little bit of what I said regarding America's third most favorite pastime, blame shifting. It's actually whataboutism. Or they might just go hand in hand because that's pure, utter, unadulterated, straight out whataboutism. Indeed, the league decided to partner with gambling entities. Indeed, the league did screw up previous suspensions. But the league partnering with gambling entities, so what? That's for the fans, not the players. One has nothing to do with the other. In fact, people bet on the games in hopes that the players aren't involved in gambling because they don't want you to think in any way that the outcome is fixed. Like, I saw a tweet from a guy who said that he was a stockbroker and he's not allowed to inside trade, and this is sort of the same thing. So, like, it's not a restrictive rule just to athletes here to not bet on their own sport. Although I did appreciate the tweet from PFT commenter at Barstool who said, no, I'd rather see the athletes bet on games. I just want them to bet 10% of their paychecks on themselves so I know they're playing harder, and that's not a bad idea. But... I understand where people are coming from, where it looks like hypocrisy because the NFL brought in $1.8 billion in sponsorship revenue through businesses like DraftKings and FanDuel, but it's not. It's not hypocrisy. They're telling the athletes they can't do something that could influence the outcome of what their partners thrive on. That's not hypocrisy at all. You know, Fox Business 
pointed out in 2020 that the collective bargaining agreement does include a provision that designates any money earned from sports betting as subject to the revenue split, ensuring that the players will receive a piece. So the players are getting something out of this. So let's not act like the players are being shut out. Not to mention, if more people gamble, they watch games more often, and they watch a longer portion of those games, more ad revenue then goes into the collective bargaining agreement because the ratings are bigger, a bigger chunk of change goes into the players' slice when the salary cap is announced every year, and so on. The players are hardly exploited victims here, especially not Ridley, who tried to skirt the rules. But because Twitter is what it is, Everybody wants to be a victim all the time, and everybody wants to create victims so they can look good on Twitter for supporting them. And that's what's going on with the Ridley situation. One other thing needs to be said on this. We have to stop pretending that if the NFL hadn't formalized ties with the gambling world, that this would have never happened. You know, like, we're acting like if there weren't any connection between DraftKings, FanDuel, Caesars, and the NFL— If that connection didn't exist, then Ridley never would have made the bets. Who are we kidding? Sports gambling laws came tumbling down in 2018, and there has been a multi-billion dollar surge ever since. It's not like Calvin Ridley couldn't have made these bets if there weren't a partnership between the league and gambling outlets. It's 2022 for crying out loud. If anybody's trying to convince you that that was the case, you can't possibly believe them. Ridley earned his suspension. He should have to sit out at least a year. But as I said, it is America in 2022, so the media at large, and Twitter specifically, will continue to make Ridley out to be an aggrieved party in this situation, and I assume his suspension will eventually be reduced. I'll set the over-under at eight and a half games. Now, I just want to know if Ridley's allowed to bet on his own suspension. All right, we come back. We talk college basketball with Anthony Jaskolski. The conference tournaments are going on. We talk hockey with him next. Anthony Jazz from the Pittsburgh Sports Express. He's on the way next on the Pittsburgh CityCast. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Joining us right now on the podcast, the Pittsburgh CityCast today, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. It is his time of year. No one likes the small conference out of nowhere upsets better than Anthony Jaskolski from Pittsburgh Sports Express. You want obscure, you want off the radar, he's got it for you. First and foremost, Anthony, congratulations on the huge comeback from Wright State. I know you were sweating that out at halftime. I saw you at PPG Paints Arena during the hockey game between the Panthers and Penguins last night. The Fighting Norse went from the Fighting Norse to the Fighting Worse. And then next thing you know, Wright State comes back from 18 down to win a pick'em, 72-71. It doesn't get much better than that. Oh, that was such a wild game, too. And, and you know, to watch it in between uh... – the Pens and Panthers, because you know what? Pens and Panthers, that was a great game. You couldn't really uh, – you didn't want to um, 
keep your eyes away from the ice. And, you know, I'm figuring, what, nine-minute mark, northern Kentucky's just housing Wright State. So I'm just checking that one off, right? But this is college hoops, man. It's so volatile. Anything can happen. And uh, little by little, they Wright State just inches their way back in and uh, – 10.3 seconds on the clock. Northern Kentucky comes down, drains a three, takes a two-point lead. Three seconds later, top of the key, Jordan-esque right state <laughs> finishes it off. Which is just, it just, I don't know, a very contested look from uh, Trey Kelvin. But he nails it, kid knocks it down, and uh, ball game. Uh, speaking of the Penguins, on the flip side, though, you had the Panthers with a goal and a half, huh? I did. I did because you know what? You're looking at that game, and that's the dangers. That That's absolute dangers of, you know, um, intermission betting because you looked at the Panthers in that uh, first period, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I think that's one of the fastest teams in the NHL, and yeah, maybe it's not – yeah, and maybe it's not just physically faster, but it's that they're passing. You know, it's the f- efficiency of their passing that makes them look faster. And uh, I just figured they were going to house them. Um, and sure enough, you know, the Penguins, just like any uh, college basketball team, you can't count the Penguins out of anything. So, so are you playing a lot of uh, tournaments on futures? Did you pick teams to win tournaments, or were you going strictly with game-by-game game results because a lot of them are wrapped up like Bryant won the NEC uh, Delaware won the CAA uh, we talked about Wright State winning the horizon what am I skipping I feel like I'm skipping one here oh Jacksonville lost to I don't even know how to say this Bellarmine won the A Sun Bell- Bellarmine won the A Sun but incidentally because they just got their um, two years ago they just got their invitation to D1 and they have to have a three-year um, enrollment, I guess. I guess their fee would be that they're not allowed to enter the NCAA tournament. So Jacksonville still gets the bid to the tournament. Oh, they lost though. the game and now they go to the NCAA? Yeah, because Ballermine still has to wait one more year to, get, to become tournament eligible. But yeah. Didn't that happen in the uh, NEC recently too? Uh, I think it did, right? Well, it feels like it happened with Bryant. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it might be Brian. A couple years ago, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I'm thinking of. So, were you playing a lot of these tournaments on futures, or are you only playing game results? Well, see, what I'll do is I hate doing futures bets. Um, I think futures bets are good if you really, really like a long shot. Um, But I shouldn't say that. You know what? I, I should say the opposite of that. If you really like a long shot, you don't have a large bankroll then I would say future is the way to go. Um, if you like a favorite, like, I mean, if you like Gonzaga right now, you can still probably catch them at plus 150, plus two, I'm sorry, plus 250 to win the uh, NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. So maybe that would be value if it's if you can see that in your eyes. But it's interesting you mentioned Delaware because that's another team I was riding. Um, Delaware's a really good scoring team. I, uh, you know, although it, they didn't show it in the CAA tournament, but really what impressed me about them is they had wins of 66, 69, and hanging 59 points in the championship, still pulled off all three. Um, Towson was the heavy favorite uh, going into that, and that's uh, 
Jamie Dixon's former uh, colleague, Pat Scary, leading uh, Towson to that CAA regular season win. Oh, great. Uh, Lots of timeouts after made hoops there with Towson, huh? <laughs> yeah. Couldn't finish it off quite well in the semifinals. Uh, Delaware land based at them. But that's a team, Delaware, that I just rode all the way through the CAA because I figured, you know, yeah, I can catch them at plus 500 right now. Or you could just keep, you know, riding them all the way through because hey, they beat Drexel by 10. Maybe all of a sudden you get cold feet, right? And you're like, I don't know if they can finish off the semifinal game. I, I, I think Towson might have this. So, you know, instead of cashing out where you obviously lose value of that bet, even if, you know, they'll let you cash out, um, you can just say, you know what, I'm going to sit this one out. And if they win this game against Towson, I'll take them in the uh, championship. Everybody likes these South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Did you have them against North Dakota State? You know what? North Dakota State, who just absolutely destroyed Oral Roberts, so we will not be seeing Oral Roberts. Oh, that's your team. That's your team. <laughs> that was the team. Uh, that's your adopted I'm, alma mater. Didn't you just like go there to get a doctorate because they made you so much money in the tournament? I pretty much did. I bought their entire bookstore, too. Um, I, have, I wear their clothes. I get people staring at me to this day saying, look at this guy at this Oral Roberts hoodie. What the hell? Who is that? What is this guy? Um, that's my, that is my team. But they uh, they were absolutely uh, destroyed. But you know what? They couldn't go too far without uh, Kevin O'Banner, who transferred to Texas Tech. He was, um, he was the main I mean, Max A. Smith is one of the best shooters in all of college basketball, but Kevin O'Banner brought it to um, underneath for them. He was the glue. But the Jacks are good, but you got to watch out for that team. I mean, I, I, I watched them in some the 30 and 4, but I watched them in some sticky situations. They, they have to be on from three-point. I love the combination of Dougie Wilson and uh, Baylor Shireman. Those are the two guys that we're going to get to know during the NCAA tournament real well. Um, Wilson's a forward that can really spread it out on the floor. I mean, he can he can pop it from 24 feet, and uh, he can beat you with some really good moves in the but post. They were getting really like, you know, what's going to be interesting about them where they get seated and wherever the line mm-hmm. falls for their first game is like they were getting, you know, top 25 buzz two or three right. weeks ago. So, like – you know, I, I don't. No, that, think, I don't think the line is going to be astronomical, so that might be playing into what you're saying. For for as much as people are going to like them as a chic underdog, that might keep the line narrow. And if they're on an off day, then whoever they play and, and probably beats them could cover mm-hmm. as well. No, Tim, they're they're absolutely stacked. These guys, um, they got a deep bench. They got uh, Alex. Uh, I'm not Bruce Arians. Coming off the bench for them right now, averaging eight points a game. They got um, Luke Capel, who's another one. Um, he's another forward that can uh, stretch you out on the court. I mean, that, that's what you know. That's a lot of the game of college basketball right now, you know. And we see that obviously with Chet Holmgren. Um, <laughs> that one's a little more, you know, on steroids. But um, we see big men that can spread the floor now. That can, you know, handle the rock. That can pop three and. It's really, really evolved the game a lot. But um, South Dakota State is definitely a good example of that. I think we're going to see them as an eight or nine seed at the end of the day. Yeah, that's what I, I was mean, I was actually thinking maybe a little bit higher. But, yeah, you might be right. They might get as high as man, eight or nine. You know what? You're a 30-win team, though, Tim. I mean, they 
30-win team, they did have a real, real ugly loss against Idaho, but I don't think the committee's going to hold that against them because that was at the start of the season, um, and that was during a two-week COVID issue with that team. So I don't think I, they get that held against them that much. I'm looking at them. Them and Murray State. Murray State's another um, – out of the um, Ohio Valley. That's another team that uh, both of those are going to be jockeying for eight and nine seeds, maybe 10 at the highest. Yeah, Jaw U, Murray State, right? Jaw U, that, oh my God, that Murray State team, what they did to Belmont this year three times in a row, I just couldn't believe it. Um, yeah, the Ohio Valley was down this year, but it didn't matter. You know, you, you can just tell if they're down or not, Moorhead State was a tough challenge. Belmont was a tough challenge, sure. And that was it. Everything else was pretty much stink in that conference. But it didn't matter. You can just tell a good team no matter who they're playing. And Man, Murray State's just – that's a team that could go on a run, I believe, in more than um, South Dakota State just because of K.J. Williams. I mean, K.J. Williams, 18 points a game, man, eight rebounds a game. The guy's an absolute mess. And then you got Tevin Brown with him to couple that in. I, Jay, Jay Morant's team, or John Morant's team, um, was fun to watch, and that was a good Murray State team. This is a great Murray State team. Well, Anthony, let's get to some other small college plays you might have today, and then I want to get to some of the more – Big name conferences, uh, what was some of the local teams still in action? Not Pitt, not anymore, not after yesterday. Um, I kind of thought that was, that was an easy call on Boston College, I thought. Oh, thank God. You know, you just wanted to see that poor dog get put out of its misery. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> what do you have in the small conference front, though, this uh, time around? You playing anything in the Metro Atlantic? You playing anything in the WAC, the Big West? What are you looking at today? What sounds juicy? So there's a couple uh, teams that I'm watching right now. Um, San Diego State is a team that I really have my ears pinned back on right now. Um, they won their last four. I love when a team finally figures out its stride um, at this point in the season. You know, obviously we saw that with um, Oral Roberts last year. I mean, that that's a team that really found itself late in the year. They, they I mean, they won eight straight going into the tournament. Um, you had to know something was going on there. I look at San Diego State coming out of a really, really underrated conference. I mean, no one's giving um, uh, uh, the Mountain West the credit that it deserves right now. It's got. I think it's better than the Pac-12 personally right now Boise State Colorado State San Diego State and Wyoming I mean that's a they're all going to get into the tournament there's no doubt about it so yeah unquestionable but San Diego State I would ride them going uh into this tournament we don't know who they're going to get yet they got to wait for a winner here but um they're scoring now and that's what we needed to see from them. We know they can play defense. I mean, they're holding teams to 52 points, 56 points, 64 points, 62 points. They know how to D it up, and we knew that. But now we finally got Matt Bradley and Trey Pulliam, um, which is a really good duo when they're on. And they, they, they've been on for five games now. So Winners you like them four, at a so. plus 350 then to win the Mountain West? Boise um, State is the favorite at plus 250. 
Boise State's the favorite to win it, and I can see why with that depth. And um, they got shooters. But again, San Diego, San Diego State is the best team against a three-point uh, shot right now. I mean, they're, they're one of the best in the uh, field goal percentage defense. So that's a team that I think can really do damage, not just in the Mountain West, but in the tour, in the NCAA tournament. But yes, I really like them to win the Mountain West. You brought and, up and Wyoming. That's... You brought up Wyoming. Is there value there at plus 800? No. No? No, I don't think there's value there. I think that Wyoming is a team that could get upset. I think they're suspect right okay. now. Right. They've uh, they've been playing out of their minds uh, to start the season, and I like them. Uh, I love what they're doing there uh, with, with what little they have, but they got to come down to earth eventually. The most talented team on the floor every night in that conference is going to be San Diego State. What about the MAC? That one hasn't gotten going yet. The Mac is wild, man. Uh, if you like scoring, go to the Mac. I mean, there's there's three teams right now, Buffalo, Bowling Green, and uh, Toledo, that are in the top ten uh, nationally for um, scoring offense. The team I like out of there the most is Buffalo right now. Toledo, they uh, – I shouldn't say so much because Buffalo doesn't really – but Buffalo's been playing a lot better defense lately. Toledo, they're very suspect uh, defensively. And really, if you're going to come out of Cleveland with a championship, that and, and you're, you got one chance to dance there, right? That's it. You're, you're, it's one bid late. Um, I think Buffalo's just the overall better uh, team. Jonathan Williams right now is coming on. Again, one of those forwards that can uh, stretch you out, that can you know spread the floor out. Um, they pass, and that's what I like the most about them. They're one of the most efficient passing teams you'll find, especially in the back. I think that they can wear down Toledo. I think that that's who they're going to get in the championship if it looks like it's going to be all chalk in that tournament. It's a big drop-off in talent between those teams. Um, but Buffalo's a nice one. I, I believe you can get them at, what, 5-1 to one right now? Buffalo's at plus 650. How can State snuck in there plus four fifty? I'll never know. <laughs> and and look, I I I loved what Ohio did uh, last year in the tournament. I love their upset. They're limping. They're limping. Preston's not there anymore. Yeah, man, that's a different team right now. That's a different team. Buffalo, that's a team that can score on you and bunches plus 650 that's remarkable value for that team bringing up kent state uh sincere carries got something like i don't know it's about 10 or 11 maybe even 12 games at this point in double digits he's gone 42 20 22 and 20 over his and before that 23 points uh in his mm. last five or six games so uh yeah there's a guy to watch the duquesne transfer uh, i think they're the team that's going to emerge from the mac what else? Anything else small conference before we get to some of the big ones? Hey, you're right, Tim. They're hot. And, hey, they just beat Buffalo by five. So, I yeah. mean, you could be on to something. Kent State plus think... 450, like you said. That's that's where I'm leaning in that conference. I think those odds are inflated, though. I don't know. You, you, It's tough to best Buffalo twice. That team scores. But uh, we're looking, you know, elsewhere. There, there's a couple other tournaments that stick out to me. Um Conference USA is always a fun one to watch. Again, that's another underrated conference year after year. You're always getting fun talent out of uh, uh, Conference USA. A, a team that really let down that surprises me is um, Louisiana Tech. 
that was a team, you know, they've got one of the better uh, big men in the league. I really thought that we were going to see more out of that team. And they, they make me nervous sitting there as a four seed right now in that conference. If you wanted to stick with that, because I feel like it's going to be a little more chalky, North Texas, yeah, they had some guys depart from that uh, magical team that beat Purdue last year, but that that's they're a uh, institution that rebuilds and, and refires, and they got a couple transfers on that team that can um, really get it done. Middle Tennessee State, it's another one to watch out for, but I really think North Texas, I think it's going to stay a little chalky. Louisiana Tech, by the way, eight-point favorites against Marshall. Do you like them that much? <sighs> Marshall, goodness gracious. I don't know what's going on with that team, but I wouldn't want to have to play them. That's not a that's not a team I really uh, look forward to playing, but yeah, I, I would probably take. You know what? I would take Marshall with the points in that one. Some of the local teams will kind of go in sequential order here in terms of start times. Uh, I would think at least two. Well, I don't know. You tell me. I'll, I'll just give them to you. All right. So Duquesne, a nine and a half point underdog <laughs> against Rhode Island. I feel comfortable with the Rams there. Um, and then we got Penn State against Minnesota and uh, West Virginia against uh, Kansas State. West Virginia split against Kansas State this year. Penn State also split against Minnesota. Which way are you leaning on those three games? Any, all of them survive? I don't think Duquesne does. I could see the other two surviving, actually. Uh, yeah, Duquesne, I, that's, that's a dead fish in the water. There's no doubt about it. Um, I, I, God, that's a lot of points for Rhode Island. That, Rhode Island just they they lead the A10 in turnovers, I believe, at this point. Uh, they they just they cannot. do, but they have inside presence, and Duquesne <sighs> doesn't have anybody inside because Monier right. Hima has to stay on the court the whole time for them to have anybody that remotely represents a D1 center. Yeah, yeah, uh, that game I would kind of you know what you watch that because maybe Duquesne can hang in there for a little bit get that line down to maybe minus five, minus four and a half, and then just pound uh, Rhode Island live. But um, Penn State, yeah, Minnesota, Minnesota really let me down on, on their final game against Northwestern. That just looked like a, ta- a team that was just completely defeated. And they were catching a Northwestern team that lost, I believe, four straight going into that one. Also deflated team. But um, – they haven't been bad from three, and yet they're coming into this one, and they're uh, they're they're failing to clip forty percent, and I believe their last six games. So they lost six of their last seven. Penn State they can d up, but they struggle scoring too. I think this is going to be a painful game to watch. Um, I would take the under in this one. I believe it's a buck twenty-five. And a half. That's right. Yeah, one twenty-five point five. I. Here's a suggestion I would make, because I think West Virginia is going to beat Kansas State. Uh, I would consider doing a little teaser and maybe get Mm -hmm. Penn State down below a one-possession game, like get it down to a two and a half or something like that, and uh, maybe take West Virginia on the money line, because it's only a plus one right now towards the Mountaineers. Wow. Man. That's that's another another one that I, I like the under. I, I, I really, out of all those games, in any play you could make, I like under 125.5 with uh, Penn State, Minnesota. Um, Kansas State, good free-throw shooting team. I love those teams this time of year. Uh, they don't really make mistakes. 
there. Fool, Tim. I don't know if I like WVU in that game. I I don't know if uh, West Virginia. I mean, they play well defense, but I, I don't know if they can keep up with Kansas State in this game. Who do you like in the Big Twelve? It's Kansas at plus two hundred, Baylor plus two twenty five, Texas Tech plus two fifty. I seem to always love Baylor come March in the big tournament. Uh, I'm kind of leaning Kansas in the Big 12, though. What do you think? Hmm. Baylor's a tricky team right now because, I mean, you know, they're not they're not the same team they were last year. And it shows. But then again, last year at this time, we kind of saw them, you know, lagging a little bit. And then all of a sudden they turned the Jets on. So you don't really know what you're getting with the Scott Drew team because, I mean, they're really they're one of the best if not the best coach team in the uh, country. They seem to always get it together in the half court. So that's a dangerous team to go against. I would bet that game by game, that tournament. Um, I do like Texas Tech a lot. Texas Tech, you know, defense is one thing, but they're finally scoring, and they keep you in the half court, and they really slow down the game. It's what I love about them the most. They really make, no matter who they're playing, they make you come down to their style of game, which is just slow, root canal, pull that tooth out nice and slow. I, I love it. I love the way they play. I think you can get really good value on them, too. ACC, Duke is at minus money to win the tourney at 137. Then it jumps all the way to North Carolina at plus 600 and Wake at plus 650. I get the impression. See, like, part of me wants to say if it's Duke, North Carolina, in a rematch of what we just saw uh, when North Carolina pulled off the upset of Cameron, that Duke's going to blow their doors off. But I like North Carolina. I thought North Carolina was going to be better than what it was in the regular season. They turned it on later. Like, I can't believe they were even a question for the NCAA tournament for a while there. Uh, I think they're starting to peak at the right time some. I do like the Tar Heels. There's some value there, I think, at plus 600. How great was that, by the way, Tim? Oh, yeah, I mean, it was awesome. You know, how great was that to watch them? <laughs> Look, I, I respect Coach K, okay? But, I mean, he's not exactly my cup of tea as far as personalities are concerned. That was just so fun to watch them. And all the Cameron crazies crying. Oh, my goodness. That's my, that's my basketball, college basketball is so great. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, um, Armando Baycott's a, a stud. I yeah. think he had 23 points against uh, – he's, he's the main reason why North Carolina just beat the hell out of them in the uh, second half. I mean, they hung 55 points on them. Duke – they're, oh, man, they're such an anomaly because they can be one of the best teams in the country. But then there's times where they just look like an absolute dud. You know, I, I hearken back to the Virginia game. Um, I even look at the way they played against Wake Forest. Honestly, Boston College, they won by 11, but it, that's really not indicative of how they played in that game. You can slow that team down. They, they are – favorites for a reason they they're one of the best uh i believe they are ninth right now in scoring offense play solid defense but that's a team that can be really inconsistent and you're right you can find value in in that um if you're going to play a futures bet on the acc uh, you know honestly i would look at uh wake forest right now i'm gonna pay, play them today i love them today against boston college boston college oh, yeah. got its one win they're ready to go home they didn't lose to Pitt. They didn't embarrass themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's just time to, to pack it up and pack it in. Wake Forest is so impressive. 
and, and what's happening there with all those transfers? Because that's the new game. This is the new game now, Tim. You know, uh, like I said, you know, big men that can handle the rock. That's one part of it. Another part of it, uh, and what we're learning with Pitt, is that um, transfers run the show now. It's a transfer game. Wake Forest has seven transfers. Steve Forbes, because that's what Steve Forbes did at the mid-major level. He kept reloading with transfers, and that's how he won, and that's how he's doing it at Wake Forest right now. I look uh, no further than their best player, Alondis Williams, came from uh, Oklahoma when uh, Porter Moser came in. He's, I mean, 20 points a game right now. He's, he's rebounding the ball. His assist level, I think he's five assists a game. He's, he's an absolute stud. And we saw, you know, Georgia Tech showed um, last year what you can do with just one star out there that, you know, is a winning time guy. Alondis Williams is classified as a winning time guy. He gives you that big shot. So Wake Forest is a team that you can get. I think it's great value. I think they can easily win the ACC. All right, Anthony, what else? Uh, real quick to wrap up here. You like anything in the Pac-12? You like anything in the Big East? Anything from the Big Ten? Uh, who do you like in those tournaments? So let's take a look at um, Iowa. I'm really – man, um, Fran McCafferty, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he kind of gives you the vibes of like a uh, – just just a, a miserable politician, but his teams are winning, man. And, and I look no further than Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray is one of the best players in the country right now. Best they're they're a plus 400, by the, the way, the Hawkeyes. There you go. So I think that this is a better team. And, I, you know, that's that's obviously insane to say um, because Luca Garza, we, we know how great he was. Um, he's the best player in college basketball last year voted. I think they're better up and down right now than that than that team last year. The Murray brothers led by Keegan are just I, the only team the only team that can stop them is themselves. That's the kind of team I like going into uh, March. I think that they can make a run. Uh, they're the fifth best scoring team right now in college hoops and that's a big um, I always want people to check scoring offense. Okay, that's a huge, huge indicator of what you're going to get. Check scoring offense of the last 10 games as well. It's a big indicator of what you're going to see because these things run in patterns with uh, college hoops. They're clicking right now, Iowa, I think, on all cylinders. Uh, they're going to run into Michigan. And if you're a storyline better like I am sometimes, Michigan might be your play. I think that'll be their toughest out if they're going to win the uh, Big Ten Championship. Because um, Michigan's been on fire ever since the uh, handshake gate. <laughs> <laughs> They've been absolutely hot. And you know what I think about teams that get hot at the right time. They get they're, – they're, they're very tough to fade. If Iowa could get past them, though, I think that they can breeze into the uh, championship. But even if they lose in the Big Ten, oh, man, I love that team in the NCAA tournament. Who's the biggest threat to Villanova in the Big East? They're a plus 150. Oh, man. Well, you, I mean. UConn probably, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you would think Providence, right? But are we all waiting for the bucket to drop on Providence? Am I the only one that thinks this is a team that can't maintain that kind of status? I don't think so because UConn's actually next at plus 300. Providence is at plus 500. See, because that, that, that's the kind of vibe that you get. Man, I love Ed Cole. Well, he's one of the best in the business, hands down. 
But um, boy, that they're 24 and four right now, but they've escaped. Uh, with their lives from a lot of games here towards the end. Jared Bynum is a winning time guy again, so we got to watch out for him. I think we're going to see Providence in the championship game. And if they're going to end up playing somebody, well, I guess it's going to be one seed, two seed. So if, they're, if it's going to be all chalk, then they will get Villanova. Villanova, only team that's shooting uh, north of 80% free throws. And obviously that comes down to it a lot. So if you're live betting and you got Villanova in a tight game, I'm jumping all over the Wildcats just on that stat alone. Uh, up and down one through five and everybody on that bench, they are popping free throws left and right. They don't miss. They just do not miss from the line. So keep that in mind if you're going to live bet and watch them lay through it. But uh, I don't know. I Jared Bynum's the best player in that tournament right now. So maybe you can get some value out of Providence. Real quick, uh, Pac-12, anybody prevent an Arizona-UCLA final then? The Wildcats, 125, minus 125 to win the Pac-12. UCLA, plus 175. Uh, Does Oregon sneak in there? USC, Arizona State, any of those teams surprised to get that far? I would stay far away from USC. Um, the, uh, what I just said about Villanova is the antithesis of USC. They're one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the country. And, um, they, I just, I, I don't trust them. They rely far too much on the three point, uh, shot nowadays. Colorado's a tough team that can stir up. Uh, it can make some noise. Um, they've been coming on late with a uh, batty. Tearing it up for them. I think he's averaging 27 points a game in his last four, their last, Colorado's last four games. But um, I think that sticks to chalk. I don't feel like UCLA is the same team right now. Um, they're kind of hitting the sled a little bit here. Minus 125 with that Arizona team. I, I don't like chalk much, but I think that's uh, I think it's a nice play. Yeah, it's not too expensive. Um you know, and then, no. and then I like the you know in the SEC. If you're a Kentucky fan, the fact that Auburn is there at plus two hundred, you know, mm. slides the money towards your favorites plus one fifty. If you're going on the Wildcats, they're my pick right now to win the whole thing. I know you're a Gonzaga guy. I like Kentucky. Um, I'm not so sure about the SEC. You know, those conference tournaments are funny, but uh, mm. I think the Wildcats are the way to go uh, overall. Well, I don't necessarily know if I'm a uh, if I'm a Gonzaga guy just yet. I oh, mean, I they've got you were. okay. All right. Well, 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 they've got the best they've got the best player in college hoops. They've got Chad Holmgren, they, and that dude. If you watch him play just one time, you'll get goosebumps because you, you never knew that a seven foot two guy could handle a ball like that or just handle his feet that way. But he's ridiculous. Uh, you get him in foul trouble, though, Tim, and that, that's a different story. They, they become a little tiny bit more pedestrian. They come down to earth a bit, but we'll see that in March. Um, Auburn's tough. That, that's a tough out. I think Auburn's going to be the most talented team every time they uh, line up on the court, but will they have it all together? You know, that's, isn't that what we always question with a Bruce Pearl team? You know, they're always going to be the most talented, right? They got the bag, but will they um, – Will they show it? Will they give it to us? Kentucky, I feel like, uh, I mean, they won, you know, they they lost 80 to 71 against them a month ago, if you want to count that in. Um, 
I don't know if they get revenge there, but that boy, that's going to be a tight game. If I would touch anything, if that ends up being championship game, that's going to be over written all over it. In fact, if we're looking at Auburn right now and we're looking at their games, I'm taking over in every single one of them. Same thing for Kentucky. I'm just pounding the over on those teams in this SEC tournament. They score and they score in bunches. Anthony, thanks. Hey, you didn't have uh, the Coyotes over eight and a half goals last night, did you, by any chance? <laughs> no, I, <didn't. laughs> I unfortunately had a plus seven and a half the other way. Did, did you have Phil Kessel <laughs> over one and a half shifts? Because if you did, you lost. <laughs> That's not it. That's not me. Oh, God. I, I try to, you know, live betting, is it's a gift and it's a curse to him, you know? Sometimes you feel like you got something there, you know? Like, when we were watching Florida last night, it looked like they were going to win that game 6 nothing. Yeah, it did at first. And they, they score six goals all the time. I think they scored six right. goals like 21 times this year or something ridiculous. I mean, again, uh, you know, Tristan Jari, for the goals he, he gave up, I mean, he had a hell of a game last night again he kept them in that one anthony thanks we'll do it again uh, during the tournament maybe even in advance of the brackets uh once they come out next week i'll touch base with you and uh enjoy march madness it's a fun time of year all right hey once we got a bracket i'm ready to go that's when you're going to get all my upsets and hopefully we can make it happen like last year anthony jaskolski with us from pittsburgh sports express brought to you by bet rivers this is the pittsburgh city cast back with mike pursuta tomorrow